Hey, Know-It-All Ned here. Thanks for tuning in to the Movie Know-It-All podcast, part of the Know-It-All Network. For our past listeners, thanks for following us as we make this transition. We have lots of things in store, so stay tuned. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are also launching Patreon with exclusive content like early access to brand new episodes, feature-length movie commentaries, and more. All for as little as $5 a month. If you're new here, be prepared for foul language, truth bombs, bad impersonations, and stuff you literally can't find anywhere else. Remember, other podcasts may know a lot, but we know it all. Welcome to the Movie Know It All podcast here on the Know It All Network. We are your hosts. I'm Will. And I'm Bob. And this is exciting. We've never done a top 10, man. I know. It's it's a, um, it's a great uh, time. It's a hard time to do it because, let's face it, 22 and 22 was a great year in movies, man. It, it, it was. The, <laughs> the best list was a lot harder than the worst. Yeah, I know. The worst and... came really quick to me. The best was like, man, dude, like there's like <laughs> 16 really good movies. It was really hard for me because I didn't really get a chance to go out and watch first run movies that much unless yeah. it was on streaming. Yeah, so, yeah, same, same, exactly. So, so but uh, anyway, how how was uh, your holidays, man? Uh, your uh, Christmas and New Year's and stuff. Uh, this may be may have well been one of the first uh, just like Christmas seasons where I just we didn't feel the holidays at all. Like we just weren't feeling it. This this like we nailed Christmas. Yeah, like Christmas was great for the girls. They got like so much stuff, but like, oh yeah, for us, like, like it, it was still pretty good. Like we, like we bought it. We got a lot of stuff, but like, it, we just didn't have the spirit of the holiday. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it just wasn't there for us this year. It's kind of hard, man. Uh, like you would think that when you have kids and you're doing stuff for kids, like it makes it fun. I mean, it does, right? But yeah, kind of like all your attention is making their Christmas good. Yeah, I was gonna say, and you kind of don't get to enjoy it yourself a little bit. Yeah, and like it's so empty because we don't go to stores and shop. We just shop mm. online. That's all. That's like, what we did this year. That's all. Yeah, we could. Do. We, could, could we you, couldn't really go out. How can you not? <clears throat> like you go out to the store to buy stuff for people that you don't really like. You just have to like. <laughs> like you, you didn't can, like. I don't like you enough to pay for shipping. <laughs> like I'll run over to Walmart real quick. Like yeah. you really, you really do only get like maybe one or two shopping days, like yeah. total, because like nobody does it anymore. Like nobody yeah. cares. You just do everything online, and like Black Friday is not really a thing anymore because they have like twelve days of Christmas sales and shit. Yeah. Like, Black Friday, like it's it's like what we talked about during our uh, Jingle All the Wake podcast, man. Like, yeah. there's no Black Friday anymore. There's none of that like special shopping day. Yeah, like there's there's nothing like that. Like the it, one thing I did get was I got this guy. Very cool. Hang on, I got my, I my got mom's calling. <laughs> hang, hang on, my mom's calling. Oh, cameo for mom. Hey, mom, I'm recording. I'm recording the podcast right now. What's up? Okay, nothing. I love you. Bye. I love you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'll say it once, I'll say it again, man. It's not an episode until uh 
Uh, and Bobby's mom, mom calls. calls. <laughs> Bro, and like she every time, dude, like I'm like, what's going on? Nothing. Bored. <laughs> I'm like, right on. Like yeah. I've but given anyway. her a bunch of streaming sites and she still won't watch anything. <laughs> just watches the same crap over and over again. She's worse than I am. No, it's like it's like you you have you have uh growing up we had three channels and it's yeah. like yeah there's something to watch. Now we have like the world at our fingertips and there's nothing to watch. <laughs> <laughs> my mom it's so funny now because like my my mom will watch I gave her Prime the other day and I have Shudder and all that good stuff and oh, like nice. the first thing she went looking for was Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And like, um, they she watched Evil Dead. She couldn't find Evil Dead, so she watched Evil Dead Two. And she watches both of those movies the same way I would watch like Naked Gun. Yeah, like she just watches it and like this is so stupid. I love it. <laughs> What's great about those movies is that you don't have to watch them in any certain order. Like you don't have to watch part one in order to watch part two. Yeah, yeah, like, like that almost feels separate universes. Yeah, and and I love it. Like it, it doesn't really matter which one you start off with. Like you're not lost. So and that and that's because the trailer for Evil Dead Rise just dropped, and that is my most anticipated mm. movie of 2023. Like that is the movie I am looking forward to, like seeing the most. Um, I, I gotta tell you, I I really wasn't a big fan of the trailer itself. Oh, but- I loved it. I love the idea that it takes place in a in like a like society now, like yeah, you know, and in an apartment building, in an apartment building, you know, like well, not like out in the so woods, scary. like scary, you know, yeah, like so, like because really, really think about it, like if the whole floor is possessed, <laughs> like think about how uh, scary that is. Like, what are you really gonna do? There is so much potential. See that that's that's another thing that kind of weirds me out about it is that there's so much potential there, dude. Yeah. And like I don't want it to be wasted like the way they wasted the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oh man, you know? yeah, I feel that. But like for for whatever reason, uh, and I'm very happy about this. Evil Dead always gets love. Yeah, no matter what. I, it, but, they, uh, they they've had the incredible luck of uh, passing along the baton to somebody who actually gets and understands Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah like like with it, the remake and with the TV yeah, series. I, like Fidel Alvarez knew what he was doing, and yeah. like. It captured the magic of the first Evil Dead, the original, and then like the show really captured the wackiness of two and Army of Darkness. Yeah, like it went right back to those roots, and like Evil Dead always gets love. Like no matter where they move it to, like I've noticed that like Sam Raimi, Rob Tappert, and Bruce Campbell stay close. Yeah, and they're like you gotta give it love, man, and mm-hmm. like yeah. they do. They they always get it. So I'm super excited for that one. I just saw the trailer for Renfield today. Oh my god, I'm so like, looking forward that, to that. Movie. That looks so ridiculous. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> yeah. Like now that I know what kind of Dracula Cage is playing, I'm like, oh, I've gotta see this. Like <laughs> I have got I this. love that they're I love that they're treating it like an abusive relationship, you know? Yeah, it's it's brilliant. <laughs> like that's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like oh that's man, and I, I love Nicholas Holt, man. Like he, he's a he's he's, he's a great he's a great great actor, dude. And and honestly, like he he can I think I think he can hold his own against Nicholas Cage because he's got that yeah. face. Yeah, he can do that face thing, you know. That, that's what I was gonna say. I was like, he's he got a really face. good. Yeah, I was like, he's got really good reaction. Yeah, <laughs> really good reaction. He's great at that. Yeah, and so, like 
Speaking of Nicolas Cage, shall we shall we just dip into our top ten really quick? So keep in mind that we didn't watch every single movie that was out this year. So yeah. our list is technically incomplete, but I think we I think I uh, uh, I can speak for myself. I think I have a pretty good list. Um, I want to I want to start out with my honorable mentions because there were some movies that I really liked, but I just didn't think were worthy of the top five. Right. So, right. So each of us, each of us has we both have a top ten list. But to to kind of like consolidate the time here, we're gonna we're gonna stick with our top five. But I do want to want to uh, mention uh, the other films on our list uh, as honorable mentions, um, and I will defend them to the death. My my choices. <laughs> yeah, same. So, so um, in in my honorable mentions, I want to mention uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. I loved. Okay, I didn't because, see it because. I think it's a worthy successor to what Who Framed Roger Rabbit did in the 80s. What really? Yes. Okay. Um Interesting. It, it's it's good for what it is and what's brilliant about it is that you don't have to be a fan of the cartoon series to to enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Right on. Um Clark's 3 because I'm a hardcore Kevin Smith stan. Mm-hmm. Um I love Kevin Smith and uh I've I've been a fan of the Esk universe since the first Clark's movie. And uh, I think uh, Clerks 3 is an amazing ending to the Clerks trilogy. Yeah. Especially if you love the characters. So, like, that's actually my number 10 is Clerks 3. Yeah. Like, and and I'll tell you, like, I think the reason, because, see, it was was between this one and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which Mm -hmm. I I think, honestly, is a better movie. I really do (laughs) think it is a better movie. However... Not because I am one of those people, and I've said it a million times, I'm not able to separate my adoration for characters from how good or bad the movie is. Yeah. Like, for all I know, Batman v Superman is every bit as bad as everybody says it is. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I watch it and I get exactly what I'm promised Batman v Superman. Dude, I watch that movie and I see Batman and Superman. Like, they, they are they are in the flesh. Right. You know, like that's then that I think that's why I like it so much. And that's much more exciting for me, right? So yeah. like like uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent is the better film because only Nicolas Cage could make a movie like this. Like uh-huh. this wouldn't work with anybody else. And yeah. there's so many people you could try it with. You could really try it with a lot of people and it'll be funny. John Malkovich. Mil- yeah. <laughs> John Malkovich, Steve Martin. Yeah. Like it would all be weird and it's in, in unique in its own way, but this mm-hmm. one was Nicolas Cage. Like, this is a dude who's a meme and gets that he's a meme. Yeah. And like, he embraces it and he knows it. You know? Yeah. Like, so. if, if NFTs were going to succeed, Nicolas Cage would have gotten one. <laughs> yeah, I promise yeah. you. If Nicolas Cage yeah. was like, I'm jumping on NFTs, you fucking listen to that guy. Yeah. Like, he gets it. So I, I love that movie. But in un- being unable to separate myself from my adoration of the characters of Dante and Randall of like two people who like it split me in half, bro. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird. Like it really is weird. Like the incredibly like nihilistic, like why me? Like why am I the, why am I the ant under a kid's magnifying glass feeling yeah. of Dante <laughs> and, and, and the complete fucking like, I'm going to fucking, you're going to die. I'm going to die. Who gives a fuck, dude? Like, I don't yeah. care. Like my opinion is more important to me because I'm the one who has to live with it. So eat <laughs> shit like of Randall and, and, and like seeing 
how where the story like ends and yeah. like the poetry behind like and yes i describe it as poetry because the isn't poetry really just shit meaning other shit yeah <laughs> like i don't care i don't care i'm breaking it down to its core like i know yeah. there's so much more to it like i respect poetry i, I respect people who are actual poets but like I'm, come on dude at, at its core you're just things mean other things yeah like that's that's all it really is and and i like that about clerks three There's and i, and I think poetry to it and and i think it works also because uh this is extremely uh autobiographical in nature uh yeah yeah Kevin smith's actual situation and what happened to him yeah, and, and I listen to his podcast. I listen to Hollywood Babylon, and I and I watch uh, all the Smodcast stuff. Yeah, and to hear him talk about it, man, like it's been five years. Yeah, since he had his heart since attack. He had his heart attack. Yeah, and, and every like, time he talks about it, he still gets emotional, and yeah, you can tell, and you can tell that that situation really changed his life, and you could yeah. see it here in this movie. Yeah. You know? Like big time, and and it, it is like an exit for such a like important character to that universe. Yeah. Like, like there there really is such an important character in that universe that they just like his time's over. Yeah. And like with that feels like the end of the Isk universe. It probably never will be. No, it's not. Like, They're gonna make another Mallrats and he's gonna make another yeah, like probably James another James on the Bob or yeah, something. Why why wouldn't he? Like and he makes fun of himself about it. Like, I'll stop <laughs> making it when you stop buying it. Like keep yeah. buying it because you there's something about it that you like and it's true. Like I've never been I've never been like a huge critic of Kevin Smith's work because I like his work. Yeah. Like some of it is way better than other stuff. Like I'll, I'll, I'll like willingly admit that. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand why he liked cop out the same way. He understands why most of us didn't. And yeah. but he admits it and he knows it and he understands. Right. And, and he's like, he's like, yeah, like I, I know there are some people that are not going to like my movies. I make movies for me and people who like me. <laughs> right. And like, which it, everybody should live by, man. Like, you know. Yeah, and it, and it works. And, like, it works for me. Like, the nostalgia pop works for me. Like, never yeah. let it be said that, like, nostalgia is not fucking marketable. Because it is. It works. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of nostalgia, uh, I am going to court some controversy here. All and right. um, get some clicks and some uh, some views onto our, onto our stuff. Uh -oh. And hot I'm going to say a hot take, okay? Mm -hmm. for the surface of the sun. Uh, the monsters. Okay. I liked the monsters. Really? And I will tell you why. Um, it is 100% obvious that Rob Zombie, uh, knew exactly what the monsters was. Uh -huh. And he made a 1960s movie TV show in mm. modern time. Okay. With complete with uh, uh, the comedy, mm -hmm. uh, with the acting, with the sets, with everything. This was a 1960, uh, 1960s era movie mm -hmm. made in uh, 2022. Interesting. Because here's the thing. Um, I haven't watched The Munsters, mm -hmm. uh, mainly because I'm at a... How do I put this? I'm at a weird place in my life mm 
where I like Rob Zombie enough as a human being, like just reading about who he is and how he is as a person. Like I like him by all accounts. He's, he's a he's legit a, genuine person. Like, yeah, nice like person. He, he's an interesting and nice human being. Yeah. And like, I, I like that enough about him. Like you're never going to read about Rob Zombie being a piece of shit. <laughs> and like I like that enough about him like I think we've come far enough to realize that like if Rob Zombie was going to be a piece of shit he'd have been a piece of shit something would have come out yeah. like something would happen like he's not he really fucking in there and there there <clears throat> lies the thing is I think that the way the critics look at Kevin Smith is the way that I look at Rob Zombie because yeah. like Kevin Smith does a lot of the same shit he casts his wife and stuff all the time yeah like, but just, she's she's only like in a small like maybe five minute at most cameo. Right. You know? But see, like when Rob Zombie does it, I crucify him for it. I don't <laughs> like it. But I think yeah. fucking and like not to like mince words or like even to be an asshole. I just don't think Sherry Moon Zombie is a very good actress at well, all. Well, let me t- let me let me tell you this. Um, she was serviceable in this movie. She didn't have okay. a lot to do. Okay? OK, she didn't have a lot to do. Technically, well, not really, not really a lot. Like nobody had a lot to do in this movie. But I will say this: there mm-hmm. was not a single moment in this movie that was not genuine love, okay, and affection for the source material. Right okay? on. Okay. There was nothing, and and this is coming from the guy that made House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's right. Rejects. Right. There not was good. nothing mean or ugly or mean-spirited in this movie this movie was 100 light-hearted and fun and i think that's why i enjoyed it so much because there was not a lick of cynicism anywhere in it it was genuine and fun and colorful and i i watched it twice because i wanted to watch it again like i did and it was great yeah it was stupid it was ridiculous it had no plot so but this, it was fun. So that would be your number nine in the top ten. No, that's not even in my top ten. It's an honorable mention. Like it would it's be like maybe mention. it'd be I, like twelve or thirteen. Oh, know? okay. See, I get that because one of my honorable mentions that like I wanted I wanted to throw it in, mm-hmm. but I was so conflicted because uh, I saw another. It's been a very good year for horror movies. A yeah. very good year for horror mm-hmm. movies, and there have been some that have really like flown under the radar. Um, and like one that I, 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 but I have, again, the very, I have a soft spot for these movies also, but, um, coming under the radar was VHS 99 on Shudder uh, and like VHS. I love the VHS series. VHS 99. Did you watch this one? I haven't seen it now. Oh, okay. So like, you know, when you watch a VHS movie, there's. Like the like at least one really good story and four like for like, you know, two okay ones and then like two that were like that one, those were good, but you really remember just like the one specific one. Yeah. So VHS ninety nine is five of those were good. <laughs> like there there was no standout. Yeah. And I and I I mean that as a compliment too. Like there's no like standout. They're all just as good. Like I honestly don't think that they can top. I can't remember which which one it was, but the one where they go to the cult. That's part two. That's Safe part two. Haven. Yeah, that's Safe that's, Haven is still probably yeah. the best VHS ever like delivered. Yeah, like it, it very well may be the best, but this one, 
was consistently good throughout. There's not okay. one boring story. Like there's not one it's single story me. that, <laughs> yeah, that just like, and it's funny because like one of those really boring ones is uh, a Ty West story to me in the in the VHS series. And like, boy, did Ty West crack two of my top ten. But like, we'll get <laughs> to those in a minute. Yeah. So yeah, like Clerks three was number ten for me. Um, and like number like what's your number ten? My number ten is Barbarian. Really? Yes. I have that. I have that as well. It's much higher on my list. Yeah. No. Like okay. Here. Here are my. Here are my bottom. My bottom four. Mm. So it's no. At number ten is Barbarian. At number nine, it's the Black Phone. And number okay. eight is Prey. Okay. Number seven is Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. And number six is Nope. Okay. So like, running through my bottom five, or yeah. It would be like clerks at number ten. Um, uh, it's a it's a <coughs> Shutter original movie called The Cellar at number nine, and it's got Elisha Cuthbert uh, Cuthbert in it. And I had such a big crush on her in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and she's playing the mom of a teenager in this movie. Oh, How old? God, is right? How old? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, man. So like. It, it is one of the most unique and original and scary and like creepy movies that I saw this year. And like, I spoke really highly of it. It was one of those movies that when like anybody asked me, like, you seen any good horror movies lately? I'm like, Oh dude, if you have shutter, watch the seller. I think you, you told me about it and I think it's on one of my watch lists somewhere. Yeah, like it is this really weird story of of a fucking like at its core, it's a story of of a a spell, an incantation, uh, in the form of a math equation. It's really weird. Ooh, okay, it's it's super unique, and um, and that's your number nine. That's my number nine. Very well put together movie. Uh, number eight was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, that's uh, on my watch list. <laughs> it, it is the best animated movie I saw this year. That's because yeah. I, I started watching the uh, um, the Robert Zemeckis Pinocchio, and I turned it off in ten minutes. I was so amazingly bored. Yeah, I didn't even give that one a chance. And like, that's such was, a disappointment because I love Robert Zemeckis, dude. I I've watched this movie because uh, I've known about his. Um, he's been making it for a couple of years. He's been doing no, it. He's been doing it for about ten. Yeah, I've been very aware of him trying to do Pinocchio, and he yeah. wanted to do it live action. And he there was a whole bunch of like best you know best laid plans. Yeah, like he wanted to do a Pan's Labyrinth esque version of Pinocchio. <laughs> and like yeah, like think about that. For a minute. Well, like it kept getting pulled, and like nobody wanted to back it, and all this bullshit happened. Well, by the end of the day, he had made enough money to make it a stop motion film. Like just like the Nightmare Before Christmas, so Which for I the last perfect, I think it's, yeah. it's a perfect medium for a movie like that from Del Toro. So since like 2015, he's been working on this movie, mm-hmm. like and as as a <clears throat> a stop motion film, and like man, it is so tragic. It is so beautiful. Like Ewan McGregor as as Sebastian J. Cricket, because we're not going to call him Jiminy. We'll get sued. <laughs> So he's Sebastian uh, J. Cricket. Uh, did you know that Joseph Gordon-Levitt played Jiminy Cricket in Zemeckis' version? Really? 
I thought, because I'm watching it, right? And I'm like, wow, this guy that they got to play Jiminy Cricket sounds exactly like the original, the original you, animated one. You think that's weird? And like, I haven't seen it because I only heard about it like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, some like producer in Russia made a Pinocchio movie too. Mm-hmm. And Pauly Shore is the voice of Pinocchio. Yes. Like yes, I heard about that. I think Nostalgia Critic talked about it, or one of one of these one of these uh, one of these uh, critics on YouTube talked about it. I saw it on the Joe Blow thing, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And it is ridiculous. Well, I I imagine, but it's it's one of those movies that you watch with a bunch of people when you're high. I see. (laughs) Yeah, say say no more, fam. Yeah. Um, and what's seven, your next one, man? And seven and six uh, on my list. And like, let me like just say this: seven mm. and six is X and Pearl. Okay. And let me say this: X would not be on this list if it wasn't for Pearl. I still need to watch Pearl, man. Like X is so good. It, it's a fun mm. movie, but when I watched it, I'm like, you guys get that this is a slasher, yes? Mm. Like this is all this is. Like you have dinosaurs on his dinosaur tour, don't you? <laughs> yeah, like okay, like everybody, calm down. Like stop trying. To, I was like, stop trying to make Ty West a thing. He's never gonna be a thing. <laughs> like I am not a Ty West guy. Like I'm sorry, and it's not because he's a bad director. He's not. It's just that like. Some of his movies are really boring. Yeah. Like House of the Devil was a really boring movie to me. And then like the ending was like, okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like the innkeepers was really, really boring to me. And then I mm-hmm. liked the sacrament, but like let me rephrase that. I like the third act of the sacrament. That's freaking mm-hmm. cool. But like the rest of the movie just kind of like just drags and like mm-hmm. I'm not a Ty West guy, even in VHS. It, like one of his story, Second Honeymoon is one of the like, this was dull, my friend. This was I get what you were trying to do, but it was <laughs> boring. Like Ty West is I'm not a Ty West guy. But <clears throat> you know, when I saw X, I was like, it's good, it's fun, mm. I like it, but it's a slasher. But then I saw Pearl. And knowing that Pearl is a continuation of X, like, cause he's technically doing well, it's a prequel, isn't it? He's yes. So like he's doing he did part two first. He did part one second. And like part three is going to be part three. That's awesome. And like I'm excited to see Maxine. I want to see Maxine. Maxine is the girl from X. And like so is Pearl because because Mia Goth plays both roles. Yeah. And like I've been saying like, look, dude. And I'm not kidding when I say this because they acknowledged the makeup an X uh, at the at the Academy Awards, like it's going to be nominated for best makeup, whether it wins or not. I, is I, I, I'm so glad because I did not know that was Mia Goth. Yeah, no one did. No <laughs> one did. And if you like, like it was one of those things where like you look at her for mm. like minutes on end and you're like, bro, is that I can't tell if that's makeup, but like this lady looks familiar, but I don't know who she mm. is. And like you look it up on IMDb and it's like, oh, yeah, both roles. This is amazing. This isn't isn't really spoilers and it's got really nothing to do with the plot. But yeah, Mia Goth plays the old lady. Yeah, she plays old Pearl Pearl in X and she plays Maxine in X. And then she just plays Pearl like in like in Pearl. Yeah. And like 
so like as much as I dug X, like after I saw Pearl, like she is like holy shit on a different level. She's yeah. so good. And it's one of those things for me where like, look, fuck the Academy Awards, first of all. Let me just preface this with that. Mm. Like, I don't care. But at the same time, can you really acknowledge the makeup without acknowledging the performance? Mm. Like, I don't want you to give, don't give her the Oscar. Just tell everybody she's worthy of it. Mm. Like, just nominate her. Like and acknowledge the performance, and I and I know they don't want to because it's a fucking it's a horror yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a horror movie. But like, dude, like Mia Goth goes so fucking hard in Pearl, like so fucking hard. In I Pearl. have been a fan of hers ever since I saw her, and uh, oh, what's what's that movie called? The Cure for Wellness. Yeah, Cure for Wellness, and uh, and uh, Nymphomaniac, and she was amazing in the remake of Suspiria. Also, like. She's she's a fucking talent, but like she really is. And if you and it's, ha- and and it's if funny because it, like, you know what I mean when I say she's a fucking star, dude. Like Mia Goth is a star, and I hate I hate that the Academy is just like trying to ignore it. Like I hope there's there really is talk that they're going to recommend her that the, she is so. going to be nominated. So. She deserves at least happens. a nomination. She does. That, that's what I mean. Like yeah. just acknowledge the performance, dude. Like, acknowledge so, it. You don't have to give her the win. I don't care who you give it to. But just, like, for the sake of reality, dude. Like, the same way they acknowledge, like, don't let Mia Goth be the type of person that has to die before you acknowledge her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you, like you, you would have never acknowledged Heath Ledger, like, if he didn't die. They just wouldn't have. I know they wouldn't have. Like, yeah. nothing else in, in the movie got the performance. Nobody gave the way he did. But, like, it's the same thing in Pearl. Like, nobody gave the way Mia Goth did in that movie. There's plenty of great actors surrounding her. I'm looking forward to watching it. It's amazing. As soon as, like, I, as, soon as, I, as, soon as I get a, a chance to, 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 you know, be alone, which is never. <laughs> right. I feel you. But yeah, that's, why, that's, my, that's my bottom five. So here comes the good part, ladies and gentlemen. What we're going to do is we are going to name our personal top five. Uh, we'll discuss the movie a little bit, and then uh, we will uh, uh, continue on. Uh, let us know what y'all's favorite uh, movies of 2022. And I know how hard it is. Uh, because we, it was such a great year in the movies, but uh, if, if uh, a couple of simpletons like us can do it, then so can you. So, oh yeah, let's <laughs> let's get it started. Uh, I'll get it started with my number five, Hit me with uh, which uh, I only saw a couple weeks ago, but it's that good that it broke my it broke into my top five. Uh, a little movie called Violent Night. Oh man, okay. I haven't seen it yet. Now this movie is uh, is remember in that movie Scrooge. Yeah, where it opens up with a trailer for a movie called The Night the Reindeer Died. The Night the Reindeer Died. <laughs> Sorry, Fuck Lee yeah, Majors. <laughs> and Lee, you've been a real good boy this year. Like, <laughs> look that he gives, he's like, yeah. Fuck so, yeah, dude. <laughs> this stars David Harbour as Santa Claus in quite possibly the most perfect casting since Heath Ledger as a Joker. Right. <clears throat> and a bunch of terrorists come to this house where a very, very drunk Santa Claus uh, is there, and he has to 
take care of the terrorists and uh, save the family and save Christmas. And yes, it's every bit as ridiculous as it sounds. And yes, it's every bit as fun as it sounds. I had a blast. I love this movie. Um, and uh, I hope they make a sequel. Yeah, right on. I'm sure I have a feeling just watching the trailer. I was mm-hmm. like, that's going to be like what they did for Saw in October. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I feel like they'll do like David Harbour as Santa Claus every year in some fucking stupid thing. Mm-hmm. And like, by the time they make part three, Peter Dinklage will be an elf. <laughs> and like, he'll be like the badass of the movie. Like, like he'll be like, they'll, they'll revolve it around David Harbour, but fucking Peter yeah. Dinklage will be the star. Like, so he'll, he'll jump uh, off a shelf and kill somebody. So I'm guessing that part two will be the, the terrorists want revenge. So they go up to the North pole. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The and, North like, pole. and like Mrs. Claus will be there and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Like well, I can see uh, them doing that with it. It's, it, it's, it's such a fun movie. And, uh, the ending was just, was just perfection. And yeah. so, um, Like that's a good number five though, man. Like so what so what's uh what's your number five? Like my number five uh this year and like this is one I saw a couple weeks ago and just like blew my mind. It was so good I literally like immediately watched it again. Uh and that was Bullet Train. Oh yeah. Like Bullet Train was so so fun to me. That caught me by surprise, honestly, that movie. Like, and let me tell you something that I just do not understand why this guy is like, and I don't know if anybody else sees it or if it just happens to me and Patty, but like, boy, Aaron Taylor Johnson cuts his mustache a little differently and like, he's unrecognizable. <laughs> Aaron like, Taylor every- Johnson is quickly becoming uh, like the Gary Oldman of our generation. Man, you're not. You know? ki- that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, I was like, is he is he Gary Oldmaning? Like, because yeah. Gary Oldman's the only guy I know who can do that. And like, man, he's good at it. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> like, Patty <clears throat> pointed it out to me. She's like, "That's Aaron Taylor Johnson." I'm like, "No, it's not." She's like, "I'm I'm telling you, that's Aaron Taylor Johnson." I'm like, "That is not fucking kick ass." And like, I IMDb it. I'm like, "Fuck that's me to tears." That's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Like, holy shit. Like, I, I don't understand what it is about him or why he's able to do that. But, like, he is so, so good in this movie. The, the ensemble cast is so funny. And, like, man, you can really, 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 and they have, Lord knows they have, have pounded the misunderstood nice guy hitman to death. <laughs> like, man. It is, it is very cliche. It is so cliche and pounded into death death in these types of movies but brad pitt makes it so different like the performance is so funny and it's so aloof like this whole thing of like dude i was just supposed to pick something up like they promised me i didn't have to kill anybody he's he's so good in these kinds of roles where like he's just like this 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 guy who's got you know like he, he doesn't really care about the situation. He kind of just like walking through it and stuff just happens to him, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I like everybody's really good in it. Like Aaron Taylor Johnson is like, well, he's part of that team tangerine and lemon. And like, I want a spinoff of those guys. I, I want to be cool. 
So, like, does not everybody deserve their own spinoff? Yeah, exactly. Like, Bad Bunny as the as a Lobo? Like... That, that came out of nowhere. I'm like, is that Bad Bunny? Yeah, I was like, he's good, dude. Like, in a, in a hardly any, like, dialogue. Yeah. And, like, he's very, like... And... Okay, so, like... And I think this is the best way to compare it. If you've ever seen, like, and I'm sure a lot of us have, like, if you've seen Desperado, yeah, that scene at the beginning of the movie where Steve Buscemi is talking about him <laughs> and like how the lights dim in and out for him and like just him spinning. It's almost the story. as if the light was scared to go over his face. Yeah, like just in walks like, the biggest Mexican I've ever seen. <laughs> so like that storytelling. Is really how Bad Bunny is presented in this movie. And Lobo is presented like that kind of desperado badass. He's yeah. dispersed pretty quickly, but like it is yeah. it's clever. The movie is far more clever than like I really thought it was going to be. I, li- I like how they gave every every single character had weight to him. Everybody, even like yeah. Joey King was really good in it as well. Like everyone's yeah. like mad talented in this movie. And like it is a fun like a super fun action film like it's very dumb but harmless and like i I don't know it was like if oceans 11 wasn't like trying too hard there's something about (laughs) it it was it was just enjoyable like if you can't enjoy bullet train you don't like movies dude yeah like it's a very simple beginning middle and end it's great yeah it's 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 a great popcorn flick and i yes, and I, yes, I, I really enjoyed it so my number four we're moving on to number four now mm-hmm. <clears throat> is also a very recent movie <clears throat> okay. it's currently the number one movie of it, it just became the number one movie of 2022 uh avatar the way of water okay now and let me tell you why it's it's on my top five i really wasn't a big fan of the first avatar movie uh mostly because it was so damn generic the story I mean, I appreciated the visuals and I appreciated uh, Cameron's direction and everything. But I think that he needed to make that movie first in order to really like sink his teeth into this world. And with this movie, he fully embraced it. And I think that all the Avatar movies from now on, if it's as good as this one, Mm -hmm. this is a great jumping off point to what what is going to happen in the future with these movies? Cause he's got five of them coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and oh, this, one, <laughs> this one is James Cameron returning to form. Okay. okay. This is T2 James Cameron. This is aliens. James Cameron. You're not the first person to say that. Yeah. Like, like it's Terminator too good. I'm like, Hey man, like watch your mouth. No, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, you know what? It's Terminator. It's between True Lies and Terminator Two. Good. That's still really good. That's how good this this movie is. And and yes, there's some cliches. Yes, there's all that stuff. But what's well, James Cameron, bro? It's done in a way that um, it, it it's entertaining. And I didn't even notice that we were there for three hours. Wow, um, and that's, that's the sign of a good movie. And the weight. That the movie had on its shoulders with that ending. I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm not gonna say anything. But I was crying, dude. Yeah. Like I had tears in my eyes. Like I was just like this. Like the last 30 minutes of the movie, I was just like this. Like yeah. my fists were shaking. My nails were digging into my palm. I was 
all in it. Man. That that white knuckle thrill ride. Yeah. Okay, so, man. Like I, you, 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 you. Honestly, you're the only guy who gets me hyped to see Avatar. <laughs> it's like, really I'm good, not, man. I'm not it's an really Avatar good. guy. And I'm not even going to mention the special effects because that's just a given. It's a given. Yeah. It's fucking James Cameron. They haven't even invented this kind of fucking technology. He invented it. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that. He doesn't have to make any movies anymore, man, because he's going to make all the money off the, off the, the, the trademark and the, yeah. People uh, are going to start using this. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody, everybody, whenever you fucking talk about special effects, you can't, how do you leave James Cameron out of the, out of the conversation? Right. Yeah. He took so, he, uh, he took uh, George Lucas's uh, advice and he invented some movie making stuff and now right. that's where he's gonna get all his money. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet they won't let him keep the rights to the toys. Anyway, yeah. But <laughs> so what's that's why. Four, man? That's why it's a billion dollars. Disney. Speaking of Disney, <laughs> uh, and Hulu originals now owned by Disney. Uh, um, my number four uh, this year is Hellraiser. Oh, okay. And like, I will tell you why. It's a bold move, Cotton. It's a bold move, <laughs> Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Um, <laughs> so like, nah, man, I don't give a fuck if it pays off. I'll go out there and fucking bondage gear. That's rad. But um, <laughs> that's rad. So like, Clive Barker is my favorite, my favorite author, like mm-hmm. of all time. I don't think uh, there's a better writer out there. Like his narratives, like everything, the way he writes, the way he describes, the way he like sets a scene, uh, sets a mood. Like he's bar none. Like you feel like, you know, you hear it, you hear that, like you feel like you're there when you're reading certain people. Like the only one who really does that to me is Clive Barker. So like I'm mad in love with his work, like not just the Hellraiser movie, but like Mr. Begone's my all-time favorite book. I love The Thief of Always, The Books of Blood, Magica. Like, he's an amazing, amazing writer. So, to see what he did with Hellraiser, like the original Hellraiser, as compared to the book, it's very different, but it's very much the same. Like, the, the plot is still there. It's, it's completely there. And now, I love Hellraiser. Always have. I love Doug Bradley's performance. Uh, I think he's a very bar none talent as well. Um, But they have not cared about Hellraiser since, like, I was 10 years old. Well, Hellraiser was never really meant to be part of that whole slasher genre. No. And they turned it into that. Yeah, they really did. And that was Dimension because Dimension would not give up the rights. And they Mm. have a thing where, like, well, if you don't make a movie you forfeit the rights back over. Yeah. That's and, what the biggest problem was. And their biggest problem the was they kept making the fucking movies and they just put no <laughs> effort into them. Like, just because yeah. they didn't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. And, like, it became a thing where, like, I am a defender of Hellraiser Bloodline. Fucking shoot me. Like, I don't care. That was the last one that they tried to care. But to mention was, like, I don't care. Just make it before they take the rights away from me. So, like, it didn't come out the way it was supposed to come out. And ever since then, no one's given a shit about Hellraiser. I'm 37 years old. It's been over 25 years since anyone's given a shit about Hellraiser. The way it deserves to be given a shit about because that story is fucking dark and weird and unique. And it can't be copied. Like, you can't do something Hellraiser-esque. Without going, this is Hellraiser, dude. Like, you stole from the Hellbound heart. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't happen. 
So to watch this movie and to see how much like these people gave a shit mm -hmm. and how to take elements from the first movie, from the book, from Hellraiser 2, from Hellraiser 3, and even a little bit from Hellraiser 5, like which is like kind of an unsung hero of the movies. It's not a good one. Mm -hmm. But, like, you can argue that there's only one good one, maybe two. Uh, I'll argue that there's four. I like four. Mm -hmm. So, like, and now this one. And Jamie Clayton's performance is so very much one of those things that always freaks me out is when they make a movie based on a book that I've already read. And, like, something has the voice of how I pictured it in my head. Mm -hmm. How I heard it in my head when I was reading it. So Pinhead or the Hell Priest, as, as it's described in the book, is like described as having um, a, a duality voice. Like mm -hmm. with, with it being like that of like a little girl or a, or a small woman mm -hmm. and an indifferent man. And like you can hear... The way Jamie Clayton speaks. Mm -hmm. It's described and as genderless, right? It's genderless. And like, they're so perfect in the role. Yeah. They really are. Like, of the way it's described <laughs> in the book, it's perfect. Now, the story is nothing like the book. Like, yeah. nothing. <laughs> the original one is closer to it. Like, yeah. the original Hellraiser is closer to the book. This one is closer to, like, part two. Like in all sorts of weird ways. So, like so, so, so this one was the first Hellraiser movie I've seen since I was a teenager, man. Because I watched the first one. Um, I watched a couple of the other ones, but it never really because I never found them scary. I always yeah. found them silly. Yeah, you know? yeah. I the get first that. one freaked me out because it was a slow burn, mm. and it didn't fall into the tropes of what the hell the later hellraiser movies became right 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 and this i think that's one, what this one was so good about yeah this one was the first one that truly like it 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 disturbed me but like in a good way like it it yeah it, i think it succeeded in what it was what what the the original uh uh tried to do Right. And like, that's what was so what I liked so much about this one was it's still very like it. It has its elements of everything, yeah. like every fucking like. Every one of the, the Cenobites like has their own unique unsettling creepiness to them, mm -hmm. like they're their own horror villain in their mm -hmm. own ways. Like all the way down to the one that the I think it was the chatterer that just like rah, like starts yeah. chasing after them and shit. Yeah. Like that was fucking scary. And like Jamie Clayton's very just just super specific so, delivery. So Jamie Clayton's performance, I gotta tell you, man. Um it 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 had a gravitas, like it had a yeah a history behind it, you know. And and here's the thing, like, you could very, very, very easily just have Jamie Clayton say the things that Doug Bradley said. Yeah. 
Like you could have you could have them deliver these lines and like it'll work. It'll work fine. Instead, like what Jamie Clayton does is she uses the dialogue to like enhance a further mm. dialogue, a better dialogue or a different dialogue, if you will. Yeah. But like there's this one moment where she delivers like a pinhead line and a, a Doug Bradley original. And like, it's just as creepy and exciting in its own way. When she says, we have such sights to show you. Like I fucking adored that. There was a, there was a, there was a hint of glee. Yes. <laughs> and like, it was just oh. one of those, it was one of those things for me where like, I appreciated so much of how much these people understood how to make a Hellraiser movie. Like, and a damn good one. It's so different from anything Hellraiser, but it's so familiar if you're a fan of Hellraiser. Like, it couldn't be anything else but a Hellraiser movie. And it's it's fucking fantastic. Like, it's That's a really, really good movie. And, like, it cracked my top. It It did. It was, like, number four. Like, honestly, like... If somebody told me I couldn't watch Hellraiser anymore, I'd be upset. Like, no, I want to watch that movie whenever I fucking feel like it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, that's that's a great movie, man. So, uh, number three on my list is mm. um, is actually Bullet Train. Bullet Train is, is oh okay. Number three. Right. So, on. Uh, um, to elaborate on what you said, um, it is uh, it is it is one of the most fun action movies I have ever seen. And uh, I think that it's the beginning of an amazing uh, franchise. And I hope it becomes a I, franchise. I hope so, too. Like, I want everybody to get their own, like, origin story. Like, yeah. I'm glad. I want a movie characters. about all those all those characters, man. Yeah, like all of them. Like, you want to yeah. see, like, everybody. Even, like, the, the one with the Black Mamba Snake. Like, everybody. Yeah. Like, everyone's so, so good in this one. So what's your what's your number three? Uh, number three is again, bro, like Disney and Hulu be swinging for the fences. <laughs> uh, it was Prey. Yeah. Like my number three was Prey, man. Like talk about going back to form with a Predator movie. So like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Prey's on your top five. That means that we get to talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, I can speak for myself. I grew up watching the Predator movies. Uh, the first one I think is, is the best one by far. Yeah. Um, part two, uh, gets a lot of hate and I don't understand it. I don't either. I like part two. All the other ones, all the other ones, you know, I like them well enough, but I really don't consider them part of the franchise because I think that they're just, you know, like just, they, 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 I, I don't I don't consider them part of the canon because either it's Alien versus Predator, which all the movies sucked, or yeah. it's some weird spinoff that takes place during modern times and yeah. it doesn't really have anything to do with the original. So yeah. we can do without it. But this movie was the first <laughs> movie since since the, the, the second one that actually has any canon with the first one. Yeah. And like. They do such a fucking really good job because like and not for nothing. I've I really have been saying this for years that like predator movies should just take place 
it, like the same story in different times and you could do it forever mm-hmm. and like they have because there is a comic book and it's one of like my, one of my favorites growing up was the predator versus jesse james mm-hmm. like i don't know if you ever read those comic books i have not so like predator versus jesse james is really good like it's the james gang fucking a predator pursuing the james gang because they're the most dangerous things in the west <laughs> and like the predator starts hunting the james gang and i'm like bro like imagine young guns with predator wow right <laughs> so, like, and i'm and i've been saying for a long time like bro you could make so many ensemble casts yeah. like so many different ensemble casts all you have to do is take the predator to a place in time and just do predator Dude, Predator versus Samurais. Predator yeah. versus the the uh, uh, King Arthur Knights or something. Right. You know? World War Two. World War Two. Freaking Predator versus Vikings, dude. Come on. Yeah, anything. <laughs> dude, they're so exactly. Like you could do fucking ten of these movies. And like from what I understand, after they did Prey, this is the formula now. Like this, like Hulu is like this is exactly what the formula is going to be. Yeah. We're going to take the Predator to different places in time, and we're just going to do Predator. And let's just give let's just give major props to the main to the main actress, uh, Amber uh, Mid Thunder. I think Mid-Thunder, her name is. Yeah, Amber Mid Thunder. Good God, dude! Man. Talk about a debut, man! Incredible, dude! Like utterly incredible! Like just her story, just her like, bro. I'm a hunter. I'm not a fucking like. I'm not gonna sit at home and wait for you assholes all day. Like mm-hmm. I'm a fucking hunter. And I love like, how, how like she's not perfect. You know, yeah, like she's not like this. This uh, like, uh, like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm like uh, better than everybody. No, she's not. And you like, know, she's got the confidence, but she's not perfect, and she's not, you know. And like, one of my favorite things is that the fucking predator didn't look at her as a threat until she fucking killed him. Yeah, <laughs> like she, he wasn't viewing her as a threat either. Yeah, like he was, he was after the bear. Mm-hmm. Like in that scene, holy that was shit. a great scene. <laughs> That scene fucked me up. I was like, hey, dude, I'm on the edge of my fucking seat right now. Like, this is some crazy shit with the bear. Like, everything was so fucking good about Prey. Like, that was one of those movies that from beginning to end, um, it doesn't let up. It's so good. And then in the end when she got the gun? Yeah. Like, (laughs) it, it is very, very much a Predator movie and a damn good one. And, like... I can see, like, if somebody, and I've had a few people, like, I think it's better than the original. I don't. Again, that could be my nostalgia. Like, but I see why you would say that. I, I, I think, can see why anybody would take Prey over any of the Predator movies. So, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, add a, I'll add a caveat to that. As far as, as, a, as a pure popcorn action movie goes, yeah. there's nothing beats the first Predator. But, yeah, right? But when it comes to story... And emotion and and character development, pray, pray, dude. Yeah, like I cared way more about more people because, right? bro. Like I go back and I watch Predator even as a kid. I'm like fodder, 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 Schwarzenegger. Yeah, like <laughs> I like get. You it. Actually, felt bad when he started going through. Well, not not the 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 white people, but you know when when you're going through the you know, not to be racist or anything, but you know what I mean, like the colonizers, the, the colonizers, right? <laughs> You, you French know? fox hunting fox. <laughs> but yeah, man. So it's, yeah, dude. Uh, Prey is great. And uh, I've seen it twice. Uh, oh, man, two more times it. since I originally watched it. We watched and it. And I like watched it in the, original Navajo, uh, in the original Navajo. In the original 
uh, uh, what language was that? Uh, was it? Um, uh, I'm not sure, man. The the original uh, Native American language that they have. Yeah, yeah dude. It, it's 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 such a great. It's like watching Japanese anime. Like you get that emotion, you know. I wouldn't so, know. I don't watch anime. So, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, down that road. you know, you know, twenty year old me would be very upset at you right now. <laughs> right on. <laughs> You're not a real movie fan. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my number two is uh, is actually. Um, Sorry about that little technical difficulty. So uh, my number two is, uh, you know, got to keep that uh, suspense going, right? Right. I was like, really leave the suspense <laughs> in the air, Will. So uh, uh, number two is, uh, may I come as a surprise to nobody, but it's uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman. Oh, right on. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I knew this movie was going to be good. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be good, but I had no idea how good it was going to be. So. And- the the next couple of times that I watched it, yeah, it just keeps getting better. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, I I get why people were comparing it to Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch it the same way I watch Seven. Like it is one of those movies that you do have to set time aside to watch it. Like it is yeah. not your your cut of the mill when it comes to a Batman film. Mm-hmm. Like you really got to put like. Like set your time aside to watch it. It's such a fucking great movie, though, man. And it's uh, like we said in our review, man. It's the first movie where Batman has a character arc, right? And, like everybody has a character arc, and like the 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 everybody starts the story at the beginning with, with a certain point of view or a certain situation, and then at the end of the movie, everything is different. Everything right. has changed. Right. You know? Right. Right. Like, uh, Batman starts out, like, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I am vengeance, right? Right. And then by the end of the movie, he's like, I'm hope. Yeah. And, like, you really watch the transition. Yeah. Like, you really do watch the transition, and it it is, it's so good, man. Yeah. Like, Matt Reeves' The Batman is just such an amazing fucking movie. It's hard to, it's hard to add, uh, any, any more any more uh, praise upon that movie but <laughs> no shit right i will do so whenever i get the chance but right what's uh what's your number two my friend so my number two this year because uh the hard community is divided um it, it, like kind of down the middle when it comes to this movie and um the way i like to look at it is the rights and the wrongs and you're wrong and i'm right and number two is <laughs> barbarian like it's uh, barbarian. I fucking yeah. love barbarian. Like the more I watch it, the further I get away from the first time I watch it, the more and more it's a classic to me already. Yeah. Like I will I will love barbarian the same way I love like Night of the Demons and fucking like Creep Show and all those old fucking horror movies reanimator like I will watch I will watch Barbarian 1 through 6 if he makes it. I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't this, give a fuck. I like Barbarian, dude. Yeah, this movie really really came out of nowhere and uh I am so glad that you made me watch it. Um me I, too. I I I had to like force I had to like 
force myself to make time because the only time I can really watch it is like really late at night. Yeah. Um, yeah. But man, it, 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 it grabbed me and it, and it held my attention and I wanted to see what was going to happen next in it. And it, it's, it's, um, it didn't, it didn't really scare me, but it kept me on the edge of my seat and it like kept me wanting more. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, what's so fucking fun about it. Like Mm. it's one of those things that like, if it, if it turns out to be like a one-off, it's a great one-off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, you could make so many ridiculous, stupid fucking sequels to this, and I don't give a fuck <laughs> if they do. I will watch them. I don't yeah. care. There's like, no I, way you can ruin this movie. There's no way. Yeah. I don't care how many sequels you do make. Yeah, you know? and, like, I, it's, it, I feel it's stupid. Like, I don't care for your opinion. Like, I don't care at all for your opinion. Like, if you don't, if you don't like the movie, like, I don't care. I don't care for your opinion of it. Like, I really, really don't. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but, yeah. like, fuck it if I am. I don't care. Like it's like you know what, man. Like if you think that that all the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels were good and think this is bad, then you're nothing but a poser. Sorry. Right. <laughs> like put on your fake denim vest, you <laughs> fake fucking fan. You fucking elevated horror watching nerd. Because, because this movie is way better than any other Friday the Thirteenth sequels, any other Nightmare on Elm Street sequels. I'm sorry. Fight me. Whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Orbarian's amazing. I love yeah. it. What's your number one, bro? My number one, and um, it, it's, it really wasn't hard to pick my number one, believe it uh-huh. or not. Okay. It was harder to fill out my top ten than it was to pick my number one. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay. Right on. And, uh, and the reason why is because, think about it. This the, the the story of this is that there is a force that is threatening to destroy the universe mm-hmm. and the only one that can save it is somebody who is the furthest thing from a hero that you could possibly think of. Right. Okay. And you 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 I and and uh, the lead actress Michelle Yeoh is one of those like to me She's like Meryl Streep or or Helen Mirren or or you know one of those actresses that's just all class, you know? Right, right. Like she's up here, like she always plays aristocratic, um, rich or smart or or you know, just like the top level of a society. Yeah. And in this movie, she plays like just a regular uh, like a regular person who uh, who doesn't understand her daughter, who doesn't understand her husband, who is just like going through life, you know, um, uh, directionless, you know. Mm-hmm. And then to have her become a superhero in her own mind and everything, it it like the, just everything about this movie just caught me and it and it and it grabbed me and like the emotional roller coaster that I went through while watching it. At yeah. the same time, watching one of my childhood heroes, uh, the guy who played a uh, uh, short, short round, round, man, he was one of my heroes, dude. I I loved Data. him in in uh, in uh, the Goonies, you know. Yeah, because dude. like I was a science nerd growing up, dude. So like him and all his his gizmos and and like uh, 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 gadgets and stuff, like I love that stuff, dude. I love he that. really he really was the Donatello of kids movies. Yeah, and and to hear the story about how um, the fact that he couldn't get a role 
for 20 some years. Yeah. Because yeah, like we're we're just like we don't have a role for an Asian guy. Yeah. Right? And then for him to come back after 25 years, 20 some years, mm-hmm. uh, and to give that performance. It's a, it's man, is it an amazing performance? See, like that movie, it, the only reason it didn't make my top 10 is because the first two acts of that movie are completely chaotic. Mm-hmm. Like they are completely it's very, it's everywhere very, and all over the place. And yeah. like the ending is, is, and make no mistake though, dude, like the acting is, is, is just superb from everybody, 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 mm-hmm. like everyone is so fucking good in that movie. And like to, to tell it like the you that didn't become all the things that you, you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Like that's that that is in every other universe. The you that wanted to be a rock star, like is a rock star in another universe. The you that wanted to be a movie star is a movie star in another universe because it made all the decisions to make it that way. Yeah. And like the you that is you is the one that didn't make any of those decisions. That made all these different decisions to the point where like you live a very humdrum, quiet, nothing life. Mm-hmm. That you is the most important you. Because if you made all those other decisions, you would be a different you. Mm-hmm. Like it's fucking amazing to think that the one the the one that stayed home is the one staying home for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like is an amazing, amazing notion. And the line in another in another life, I would have very much liked to do laundry and taxes with you, dude. <laughs> when they're right? both when they're both extremely successful and rich and globetrotting like like everything that everybody thinks that they want yeah and then that line he says he says in another life i would i would love to just sit and do laundry dude yeah do laundry that got yeah it hit me too i was like wow that's amazing dude and And like like, and 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 the fact a little minor spoilers the fact that like she didn't appreciate her daughter Until she realized that every single other life that she could have had would have been without her. Right. You know? And, and, and what made me laugh the most was like when, when, uh, she started criticizing her daughter's girlfriend and like, Oh yeah, you're in, you're in. (laughs) Like it's, it's so good, man. And like, like, that's love, right? Like that's acceptance. Like, like your shoes untied. (laughs) It, it, It really is. It really is a good movie. It just like, for me feels very much like, like I said, it's fucking super chaotic until the third act. Like it's the third chaotic, act is really but good. coherent. Yeah, yeah, it, it's very coherent. But it is, like I said, it's all. I had over to watch it movie. twice to get it, honestly. But you know, I had to watch it a couple of times. Um, but I enjoyed it both times, and and yeah, that's why it's it's my top movie of uh, 2022. I can see so, why. Like I can totally understand yeah. that. Yeah, like me, 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 and me and my wife were emotional messes after watching that movie. I can see why, especially yeah, so, especially because because Sassy fell asleep on our laps while we were yeah. watching it. Yeah, yeah, so are we. <laughs> like we, we were like we were such a fucking mess after it. But it, it's it's good, man. It's yeah. amazing. So, what is your your number one movie of the year? Closing this episode out with update uh, for number one. Closing this episode out, my number one is and like. 
Call me James Cameron for this one, bro. Cause surprise climax. Really, Will? Do you think I ha- that I ha- that I have I have a shortage of things to say about Batman number one? Yeah. In 2022, <laughs> yeah. the only movie I went to theaters to see this year twice wow. <laughs> was Batman. Hell yeah, like, man! Of course, it's the Batman. Are you kidding me? Come have on, have you guys. seen our rooms? <laughs> like, give me a break. Sir, look, like, look, there's fucking, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, like we're, we're, we're all 100% into yeah, Matt Reeves I'll, Batman. But yeah, I've got a shortage of things to say about Matt Reeves the Batman. Anyway, moving on. Number one, like in my heart with a bullet, was, no, was fucking the Batman. Like yeah. the most unique and dark an actual detective story to ever come through on a fucking Batman movie. And yeah, fucking Edward Cullen did it. Like, what are you <laughs> going to do about it? Like, he was an amazing Batman. Yeah. Like, everything about this movie was so fucking good from beginning to end. And, like, I, I agree with the critics. It's fucking long. Yeah. It's very long. Three hours is a long Batman movie. It is a very, very long Batman movie, but boy, like talk about a movie that has everything and everything to talk about and say, like my favorite thing about this movie was this is the first time in any Batman movie, literally any Batman movie without a hint of irony where Batman has to face his own privilege. Like Mm -hmm. he has to come to terms his own prejudices. His own prejudices. He has to come to the reality of the fact that if he was a little bit more misfortunate, he'd be Catwoman. And if Mm -hmm. he was a little bit more misfortunate than that, he'd be the Riddler. Like, these are all people who were orphaned at a young age and fucking dealt with it in different ways in orphanages, like in running away from orphanages and being really fucking rich and having a butler. He is no different than the Riddler and Catwoman. This movie really makes it a point to tell you he is no different than a jewel thief and a domestic terrorist. Mm -hmm. Like, the only difference is in how much money he had growing up. Yeah. Like, he went through the exact same pain that they all went through, the loss of a parent. But it's not, but it's not like a, like a, like I heard, like, like one, uh, um, like Ben Shapiro said, like, like this is this is just wokeism, activism, movie making, and that's why it sucks, right? I yeah. know, dude. Like it, yeah, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't really bash your head over the head with it. It, it no, it, it doesn't. It it comes to you gradually, and then you realize that you know that Batman is somebody who uh, is the, who suffered a major trauma. Yes, who has problems, mental problems dealing with that yes but he also has a way of dealing with it right and then and then and then you realize that or he realizes that what he thought was what he was wanting to do what his original plan was yeah is not going to help anything yeah exactly and he learns that by getting down into the ground yeah by getting into the dirt with among the people who he thinks he is uh, out there to stop right you know and like it's one of those things where it's like yeah bro it's super easy like in a nutshell like you basically learn from them that like it's super easy to fucking 
like consider yourself the hero of the story when you don't have to have that conversation with yourself of the of the fucking internet fucking food or gas like what do i want to fucking use the last of my money for yeah like do i put fucking gas in the tank so i could continue to go to work and then fucking not eat and come home and fucking get to watch something or do I want to fucking use the gas and get food and then come home and then I don't have anything to watch because I don't have any yeah. fucking internet. Like, that's a real conversation that you have to have with yourself sometimes. And it mm. fucking sucks. It really does. And Bruce Wayne never, ever had to go through that. It's see, easy. This- it's easy to not be mad when you're constantly fucking fed and clothed and you have yeah. shelter. Like, and you don't have to worry about that in the morning. Easy to do that when you're when you're focused and you're able to focus all your attention and power into one certain thing and your brain isn't scattered to, oh, where am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? What am I going to do all that? You know, and then when he gets down to the level, he sees what's actually going on, you know, like so I, and, I have I have a thing um, that I I very much believe and I, I don't say it very often, but I've said it before. Um Everybody in their adult life, if you're at our age, you're an adult, if you're over fucking 25 years old and lived on your own, even for a fucking month, then everybody knows the feeling of having a nap for dinner. Like, I'm just so fucking, I'm, I'm angry and I'm hungry and I don't have fucking the food I do have. I don't want to fucking eat. Like, I don't want to eat crackers and butter tonight. Like I want some fucking Chinese like, food. Fuck it. I'm I'm just gonna go to sleep. I'm gonna go take a nap. Like, like you know, you have you have like a certain amount of slices of bread left, and you're like, right. you know what? I already had some toast this morning. I'll save it for tomorrow. You know, right? I'm like, well, if I fucking <laughs> eat it now, I won't have anything for breakfast, and I'm gonna yeah, be exactly. Off. Yeah. yeah, like, and I, and I I like everybody's had a, a nap for dinner when you've reached mm. when you've reached this age. I've had naps and, for lunch. Right. And like there's there's people out there who have had na- like naps for dinner because they're just depressed. Like and there is a thing. Bruce Wayne in this movie had naps for dinner because he was sad. And like that happens to everybody. Now, there's a difference between having a nap for dinner because you're depressed. And then there's having a nap for dinner because you don't have any money and you don't have any food. And like, that's a different kind of pain. That's a that's a villain origin story. That shit turns you into the Riddler. Yeah. Like, cause man, <clears throat> like you fucking I'm so fucking hungry before that if somebody walked in and like, hey, you know if you drop this bomb in this McDonald's and just fucking walk out, no one will ever notice you. Like, probably nobody will die, but like, a couple people will get hurt. But like, you'll be fed for like fucking three or four days. Like, nah, you know what, bro? Like, I'm gonna go drop that bomb in there real quick. Like, I've been <laughs> angry and hungry enough to like fucking let it let a fucking weird like ghost genie come through the door and like offer me this, yeah. like fucking yeah. sell my soul kind of hungry, and like to know that that's something that you don't ever have to feel, mm-hmm. like unless you so choose it or you're just like not feeling it that day. Like, I get that. Like, everybody goes through that. But like to not have that as a choice is a fucking a horrible feeling. And like Bruce Wayne had to face that in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like what it's like to fucking be hurt and beaten and not have any fucking family. And not only that, the promise your dad made 
to help us not come through because nobody cared about us anymore after fucking poor Bruce Wayne died and now poor Bruce Wayne's an orphan. Everybody turned to help you. Yeah. When like you didn't need any fucking help. Yeah. We needed help. We were fucking going to bed starving and nobody mm-hmm. cared about us. Nobody looked at us. Like that's yeah. anger, dude. But and you know like, what? That that kind of, those kind of stories have been told in the Batman comics for decades. Yeah, I was like, see, those are things that you've decades. been in the comics forever, dude. Yep. And to finally see it come through in a movie. Yeah, a movie totally with. I mean, Christopher Nolan kind of, kind of like touched on, on it a little bit. He, he tapped, tapped on it a little it. bit, but this one like went full force, and and it made that movie and it made this movie that much better because good God, man, the 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 the, the gravity. And the 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 things that were at stake in this movie were higher than any other Batman movie that it's ever been made. Right. And like, see, in every Batman movie, and like not not to like make the comparison because I'm just I'm using it because I want to make fun of him. Um like in every Batman movie, Batman kind of Elon Musk's, you know, like, hey, if my if my money could fucking save the world then i'll do it you yeah. know and then fucking there's that one you know poison ivy's like you know you could study you know, here i laid out a full thing where you could study stuff like here on the ground on earth like and fucking like look into that and he's like yeah but like you know my money's in oil i'm bruce wayne <laughs> yeah right and like okay elon like hey if my money could fucking solve world hunger like I'll do it. Like if somebody could show me, like I figured it out for five billion dollars. Well, I mean, I didn't really like. like now. <laughs> you mean like right now? But it's so far. Yeah, but it's so fuck. <laughs> it's so far. And like I can fucking like you feel that kind of a difference in Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne. Like if somebody were to come to him and like you know that if you gave your fortune to this, 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 and this, you would fucking significantly wipe out, like fucking like the bad guys in Gotham City, like significantly wiped them out. And it's not that he's being malicious. It's just that that's not where his attention is. His attention right. is, is he's like not he Bruce Wayne. He's, he's 100% Batman all the time in this movie. 100%. And like he, clear, he clearly doesn't care about the money. Yeah. But like it, it, take, it goes to the end of the movie before they really show you that he doesn't realize how it's being made. Yeah. He doesn't know. Like he just mm-hmm. had, he fucking, he needs something. He gets it. Mm-hmm. Like so. he lives, he lives a very fucking different life than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't work that way. Like you want something, you've got to look at it for three weeks and make some really hard decisions. Yeah. Like if you want something big, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's way different for fucking normal human beings. And like, he has to face that in this film. And that's something that they've never really tackled before. And they do such a fucking good job of it. And it shows what a fucking talented and brilliant detective that he is. Like, which is another thing you don't really get to see much of in these movies. But, like, it really shines in this one. Like, it's so different. His relationship with the police department is so strained. Like, mm-hmm. I like the idea that Gordon has his back and people trust Gordon. But it gets to this whole thing where, like, how much can you really trust him if he's fucking, like, trusting a masked vigilante? <laughs> yeah, who's... Like, who's that scene who's, in the uh, station who? where he's unconscious and they try to pull his mask off and he, like, yeah. ah, like, freaks out. Yeah. Like, I love that scene, dude. Like, it's so real. It's so human. I am very much looking forward to the uh, the Iceberg Lounge spinoff, the Arkham Asylum yes. spinoff, like, I'm just all that stuff. All dude. That. Like, I'm, I'm excited for all that. Uh, from what I hear, uh, the sequel for the Batman movie is currently being written. 
Yeah. So we'll 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 see hopefully soon, and uh, we'll see where it fits in with James Gunn's vision of the DC. Multi-mark. And uh, let, let me put this out there, man. As somebody who is very much in the hashtag restore the Snyderverse side of the fucking internet, I really mm-hmm. was. Yeah. But like, I am as if not probably way more disappointed than most people are at the current state of the DC universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting rid of Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and Ben Affleck. I feel like these are all very stupid moves. I feel like we didn't get a chance to even scratch the surface mm-hmm. of any of them. Uh, with that being said, if you are one of these dudes who's like saying malicious shit to James Gunn, and like posting really horrible fucking things on the internet because I've seen some really ugly fucking horrible shit. Like, just you're not a fucking fan. You're a freak, and you're fucking tacking it on to a really fun fandom. Yeah, like, this this tribalism shit needs to really end, dude. Because it, it really it's, it's making does. things terrible. It's it's not making it fun anymore, dude. No, like, it's, it's not. It's, it's not and fun like, anymore. And it's not James Gunn's fault. It's not. No. Uh, it's, it's not, not for, their fault. But it's the fans that are making this toxic. And really it's not badly. Fun Really badly and like not for nothing. If you fucking agree with me or don't, I'm putting it out there. I fucking trust James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Like if anybody was going to get their hands on it after Snyder, I am beyond fucking thrilled that it's James. If Gunn. he had if he had come in cold, um, then I'd be wor- kind of worried or whatever. Mm-hmm. But after watching Suicide Squad and Peacemaker, Peacemaker, are you kidding DC me? DC is in like, good hands. DC yes, is in very good hands. So DC is in that really good hands. said, ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, that was our top five or our top 10 movies of 2022. Let us know what you guys think uh, in the comments. Join us on Facebook and all that. Uh, tell us your top five or top 10 or top 20. Hell, man, we got space for it. Hell yeah. So what you guys think, uh, come in, critique our, our list or whatever. Um, next week we are going to be do so, doing something very fun. Uh, negativity is always funny. So we're going to go with the top five worst movies of 2022. And That's I be- have some fucking opinions. Fun. It is going to be controversial. It is going to be fun. And, uh, we in- invite everybody to come and join us next week for a brand new episode. Bob, where can everybody find our fine podcast? Oh, you can find us wherever fine podcasts are sold, man. We're on Podbean. We're on Spotify. You love us. You need us. You can't get enough of us, man. We're amazing. Yeah, man. And you and, uh, and trust me, you want to hear my top ten worst movies of this fucking year. <laughs> God damn, I've got some opinion. Top we five my gems. ass. I I've got ten that I want to fucking cut into we, a little bit. We got some gems, I'll tell you that. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, we have we 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 do a lot. Uh, to to try to make this as um, as great a show as we possibly can. So uh, you know, if you guys have a chance, if you guys get a shot, uh, go over to our Patreon at uh, Patreon.com/slash/NoteOnNetwork uh, and uh, drop us a couple of bucks, man. Let us know that you guys are listening. Let us know that you guys appreciate what we're doing. And uh, no matter what, whether you do or not, we'll keep doing what we're doing as long as we possibly can because we love doing this, and yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun for us. So uh, with that being said. Uh, I will. I'm Bob. Yeah, my friends, was a movie know it all podcast here on the Know It All Network. We will see you guys next week with the top ten worst movies of 2022. Later.